this is DeFi Alpha, um, project lead at Umami. We've also got, you know, some a pretty illustrious lineup here, you know, from both Umami and Tracer. We've got Toki. He's a senior dev with Umami. Winston Wolf um, has has just joined us as well. Um, he's uh, leads growth marketing at Umami and is, uh, you know, sort of a senior advisor um, to to Umami. Um, and Josh, do you want to introduce the, the Tracer lineup you've got here? Yeah, thank you, DeFi. My name's Josh. Uh, I work at Growth at Tracer. Uh, big fan of Umami Finance for a, a few months now. Uh, we got Coda, who's also on our core team. Uh, Coda, do you want to say hi? Hey, everybody. Welcome. I was just going to say, Coda is also a familiar face at Umami. I think we were just joking earlier. He's one of the more connected... Uh, Connected fellows on Arbitrum, and he's—I uh, know—he's core team for you, and, and a big participant in our community as well. Yeah, been in uh, the Umami Discord now for a few months. I think since launch, actually. I love the crowd, love the community. <laughs> Umami is one of my favorite Arbitrum projects as well. Low key, Umami has the best artwork in the space, so uh, you can. Uh, Ride with knowing that your your artwork is is one hundred and ten percent the best. Awesome, um, we'll we'll definitely take it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think maybe just to to get the ball rolling on this, do you guys want to kind of just introduce Tracer? I mean, I think we probably have a lot of folks who are you know longtime members of the Tracer community or know a lot about uh, Tracer through Umami. But you know, for for those out there who are still kind of getting acquainted to Arbitrum and to Mommy and Tracer, do you want to kind of give them a, a DO on what you guys are about? Yeah, absolutely. So Tracer was started to uh, basically allow people to manage risk on all sorts of different uh, prices in the world. So whether it be agricultural prices, uh, whether it be exposure to different financial markets, uh, and then in crypto with V1, uh, prices in the crypto ecosystem. And so that's kind of what Tracer was founded on. Uh, its core principle is not necessarily from the speculative angle of derivatives. Uh, a you know a core reason why derivatives exist is twofold. One, because there's an economic reason for them to exist. So, for instance, for corn futures, there's an economic reason for a farmer to sell their produce to the market, as well as a company like Kellogg's, which has makes cereal to have inputs there's an economic reason for them to buy and manage their inputs at each quarterly report when they give that to shareholders. So an economic reason for derivatives to exist, uh, and then also someone needs to hedge risk. And so that's kind of why Tracer was created, was uh, to enable all markets to be uh, tradable from the perspective of not only trading, but also managing risk. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of like the core principles of, you know, who uses it, why they would use it. Um, and maybe Coda, do you want to speak to some of the, a uh, couple of the major innovations there? Yeah, one of the huge, uh, biggest innovations we've had is with perpetual pools and the ability for people to enter a leveraged derivative position without the risk of being liquidated. Uh, we really like to highlight the modularity and composability of our assets and the fact that you can hold them in your wallet without worrying about having to actively trade them. You can use them to take a loan against or you can use them to just hold for uh, exposure to downside risk or upside risk. Uh, I noticed that Imami is now doing this with their treasury as well, which is exactly how these perpetual pools were intended to be used, which is great. Yeah, yeah. and it, 
if uh sorry DeFi to cut you off there like if anyone i'm just going to frame this up too like if anyone ever has used ftx as perpetual swaps uh or has been in some of these platforms you'll know that like when these you're trading you got candles in front of you you got like lights flashing at you you have a margin account you have to maintain uh and you know you're constantly got this slider that's you know, encouraging you to probably take on more leverage and, you know, go from 3x to 10x when you're buying the dip and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and so the product that Coda just described there, a lot of it is just safer to use. I've used Tracer now uh, for three months and, and put, in, uh, put quite, a few, quite a bit of my own capital through it. And I've just not gotten the urges of using a perpetual swap product like you would find with FTX or Binance in terms of like over trading and, and whatnot. Yeah, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like you guys have hit on a, a very important point with Tracer, which is, you know, I think that when a lot of people hear the word derivatives, right, their mind immediately goes to sort of, you know, high risk, you know, very sophisticated strategies, you know, used by traders, you know, maybe taking ultra leveraged bets on price movements. But, you know, I, I think what we've always liked about the perpetual pools and, you know, I, you have alluded to as well is that, you know, what you're building, actually, it, it it can be used in multiple ways, but it certainly lends itself to being used by, you know, everyday investors who don't want to, um, you know, who want to reduce risk in their portfolio to kind of hedge out, um, you know, exposure to the market that, you know, they might not want to take on, right? And I, I think that the perpetual pools make that a lot easier. And as you said, because you don't, you know, there's no risk of liquidation with a perpetual pool. It's it's something that you can enter into pretty safely. I mean, do you, I, I guess one thing I'm kind of curious to hear from you guys, um, you know, we certainly use the perpetual pools in that way ourselves. You know, for those who don't know, we hold about 300,000 more now, um, $300,000 worth of Tracer um, 3S ETH. USD tokens. So what that does for us is that that reduces um, our exposure to market volatility because you know it's a short, it's a leveraged short position, and we can never get liquidated. But if the market drops, that position um, increases in value so that our portfolio stays more stable. So that's an example of sort of you know very simple you know risk reducing um, move for us. But I guess I'm curious, you know, when you guys. Um, kind of got off the ground and decided you wanted to build this decentralized financial derivatives marketplace, you know, was the, the vision, you know, to, to really focus on these sorts of products that have this potential to kind of hedge out risk for everyday investors? I mean, was that sort of one of the ways that you were differentiating yourself from, you know, maybe other um, derivatives trading platforms that already existed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the average person to understand the concept of like what hedging is and why you would do it, like it's kind of obscure. And so we actually doubled down on that direction because of the the way the Perpetual Pools product works and how safe it is to use. It actually is really good at um, putting on that kind of uh, hedge so that if the markets were to correct, you know, you're, you're kind of market neutral or, uh, you know, slightly exposed versus being all in altcoins and like seeing a, a 70 or 80% drawdown. Like I'm, I'm going through my six, probably 60% drawdown in crypto and I've never been able to manage risk at all. 
uh, until this year where I started to get serious with Tracer and be like, wow, this is like a discipline that I should learn because this is what professionals do. And we're making those tools accessible to everyone. And like to you guys' point, and what I love is, you know, the three, the, the leverage inside of Tracer on the short side allows you to put, you know, 200K worth of capital to work, but you're, you're hedging out about six to 700K yes. worth of spot exposure, which is really cool. Yes, exactly. And that, that's what we loved about it too. I mean, we, we, you know, we love, you know, holding the, the Tracer pools, but of course we want to, we want to have a diversified portfolio. So for us being able to just, you know, deploy $300,000 of cap about 5%, you know, $300,000 is about 5% of our portfolio and, you know, hedge out but really a, a surprising amount of, you know, the market exposure that we had was, was fantastic. Um, you know, I think one thing that we should definitely flag and, and maybe share with listeners is you know, the V2 um, perpetual pools launch that's coming up. I mean, you know, we're definitely, uh, definitely keen on any alpha about sort of the exact timing. I know that's still a little bit TBD, but that it you know, is, is coming soon. Um, but also would love just to kind of give you guys a chance to talk about what makes V2 different and makes you know, the V2 pools even more appealing for these sorts of functions for people. Yeah, and, and DeFi, before I get into V2, how, how is your short position doing? It's doing very well. It's, it's, it's timely that, you know, we're, we're having this call now, right? When ETH is yeah. Um we're up uh, quite a bit. We were actually just talking about, you know, rolling out of it um, and then, you know, then going back in to keep that, you know, protection, but maybe taking out 50000 or so in, in gains um, because it's done pretty well, you know? And, I mean, again, the beauty of Tracer, and this is kind of why I pitched it to our team, was that, you know, most other, you know, if we were doing perpetual swaps, if we were doing sort of a more traditional structure, it would be kind of nerve wracking to be entering into a leverage short position because if, you know, ETH, ETH did actually shoot up for a while before it came back down, it was up at 2,900 and we would have been worrying about liquidation, right? If we, you know, ETH had continued to rise, which would have been exactly what we don't want as, you know, a very long-term oriented project. But the beauty, you know, uh, for us, um, was that we, I, even when ETH was up, I wasn't sweating because, you know, our goal was to, to hedge out that market risk. Tracer pools never liquidate. You know, we can just hold on, you know, hold for a month and then, you know, occasionally, you know, roll in and roll out um, of the positions, you know, because of the volatility decay issue, which we can talk about a little bit later. But either way, you know, it was just we felt completely safe um, and knew that it would, you know, very much just be there for us if and when the market dropped um, and that there, of course, was no risk of liquidation if it rose. Um, and that was exactly what we were looking for with a hedging instrument for Umami. Yeah. And I think like, you know, when we look at the macro markets, if you watch the NASDAQ or the S&P 500 right now, especially with the backdrop of, uh, you know, the, the unfortunate war in Ukraine and commodities going through the roofs, interest rate talks, like all this stuff out there happening is a lot of noise, but it really does impact the markets. And uh, I mean, if you watch the ETH chart, when as soon as the NASDAQ opens at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, like you can see the correlation. There is very clear a volatility that's coming into the crypto markets despite adoption, despite 
potential great news and, and new players and institutional investors entering, you still have that exposure to the legacy financial markets. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that noise crosses over, it's like, man, that I, I can tell you that being hedged out while the markets were going down a month ago was like sleeping easy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a discipline that I got used to. But when you come into the Tracer community, it's like a core focus of what we're doing is saying, hey, guys, this is a great way to put on that, uh, you know, that hedged exposure and just, you know, run it. So, um, yeah. but yeah, happy, happy to chat about V2 and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Before we get into V2, yeah, I was just going to sort of add to that. But um, I mean, to me, this is kind of highlights what's so cool about DeFi and what's so cool about being part of an ecosystem. Is that, you know, so you guys developed this product that, you know, performs this great function that really didn't exist before, right? You know, the ability to hedge without being liquidated. And then what it does is it opens up all these other downstream strategies, you know, that other people can pick up and, and start running with themselves, right? Because you guys have created the tools to enable that. So, you know, for us at Umami, I mean, it's, you know, more than just, oh, right now we're up 50K, right? That's not even the heart of it. The heart of it is that, you know, we we aren't aren't here, as you said, like we're not here to, you know, monitor, you know, the the 30 year USD bond yield and, you know, listen to FOMC and follow macro events and try to figure out, you know, the moves of sort of the global market. We're here to make focused plays on Arbitrum. And, and you know, we really, I don't think, would have been able to do that in the way that we do it if we couldn't have hedged out our exposure to market risk, right? So that now we can just have this nice return profile where, yeah, we grow, we're not completely, you know, hedged against the market. So we do grow with, um, with the overall, you know, growth of, you know, of crypto um, as an asset class. But overall, we're able to just capture a lot of the returns, you know, from awesome things going on in Arbitrum and, you know, the continued growth of that network without having to really worry that any of that could be undermined by, you know, macro stuff that's totally beyond our control. So it's just a cool example of how, you know, one innovation in one arena then lets other projects do things that they probably wouldn't have been able to do without that. Um, but yeah, I mean, sort of, but to go to, um, Hey, Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. My, my mic was muted, but maybe I'll just take a a second to explain how our mechanism works. Yeah. So everyone has that context. So perpetual pools is basically two pools of capital. You have the long pool and the short pool. And how we achieve this effect of no liquidations, because let's say uh, you create a position, it's sitting in your hardware wallet, right? Like how do you claw that back to to liquidate that position? It's almost impossible. Uh, So you have these two pools of collateral and the smart contracts just move the collateral uh, back and forth depending on uh, what the data or price feed is going into the smart contracts. And so we, how we've achieved this no liquidations thing is uh, you basically, we have uh, bent the power leverage curves at kind of like the extremes. So every hour the pools rebalance and we have this kind of S curve. So the further you go out on a gain or the further you go out on a loss, you don't necessarily replicate the 2X. So as long as you're within an hour, you're within like the 15 to 20% movement, which I mean, if Ether were to move 15% or 20% in an hour, it'd be quite extreme and, and quite out on the, you know, the probabilities of that happening. Uh, the, the pools will, will basically replicate the 2P or the 2X. Uh, but as soon as you get further out, it bends that, um, that power leverage curve. And so your collateral will get 
closer and closer to zero, but it will never hit zero. You can never exhaust your collateral. And that's how we were able to achieve this kind of no liquidation piece and how you could have these uh, leverage tokens in a hardware wallet in a position for a long time, uh, you know, or the other thing is you could like, you know, open a position on Tracer, but close it on Umami, uh, which we're really excited about uh, with V2 and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, sorry. But yeah, I wanted to include that in. Yeah, no, I'm really glad that you flagged that. I think that's important to understand. And, and the beauty of the pools, I was actually, you know, going to ask you about that. I mean, you have this product that is um, ultimately very retail investor friendly and meets a pretty core need, you know, that I think a lot of people who are getting into crypto want, which is that ability to hedge out market risk. But, you know, act, maybe even before we get into V2, I'm just curious to get your thoughts, Josh. Um, you know, one challenge that we run into is, you know, with every every DeFi project, you know, we're all, we're all doing really innovative things that we're excited about. And we feel, you know, that after we're sort of up to speed on the mechanics, you know, it's pretty easy to understand um, the value proposition and the use case for the things that we're building. But, you know, there's so much going on in crypto and, you know, it, it moves so fast that sometimes it's hard to, uh, to get the message out in a way that is digestible for people who are sort of inundated with all these new things. Um, but I think one of the things I love about the perpetual pools is, you know, they are, they are actually pretty straightforward in their in their mechanics, um, you know, once once people understand them. But I'm curious, just sort of, you know, I know that you sort of do a lot of marketing and growth, sort of your views on um, how, how you guys go about communicating that value proposition. It's really so, so broad, so broadly applicable to so many people, you know, just kind of given some of the challenges with with getting that across in, uh, in DeFi with things as they are. Yeah, I mean, finding product market fit in this space is like really difficult because like here you have someone with a huge brain that created a really amazing mechanism. It's super capital efficient. And it's like, how do you tell people about financial products and financial literacy where a lot of the crypto space is still retail investors and they're, you know, they're learning about smart contracts and wallets and now there's this layer two thing called arbitrum and oh there's this whole ecosystem on top of that it's you know now i got a bridge funds like it's really difficult and, and actually this is what i love about umami is that it's so stinking easy to basically buy umami uh, stake it in the marinade uh, product that you have and then you guys go and figure out all those complexities and, uh, you know, return like a, a really amazing APR with your treasury. And like, if you're from the tracer side and you're on this chat, like go click on Umami, go click follow and please go look at their product. It is quite sweet. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, basically these types of conversations are how people can learn. And, um, yeah, I love what you guys have done because you, you make that yield opportunity easy. It's non-dilutive to the Umami price, which means, you know, you're not paying out the yield in your native token, which then creates, um, you know, increases the supply, which is inflationary. So um, I love that dynamic. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And I really appreciate you, you saying that, Josh, because I mean, yeah, I mean, that that is our goal is to just provide that, you know, very easy to understand, you know, simple, but, you know, clear value proposition, you know, and, and offer an entry point into the Arbitrum ecosystem that is not, you know, 
too crazy of a leap for, you know, maybe a non-crypto native investor or, you know, someone who's mainly familiar with mainnet and just you know, beginning to think, oh, maybe I should get involved in this, you know, whole L2 thing. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're hoping that we can, you know, just continue to get that message out there that, you know, you can you can get that exposure to, you know, what we think you know, is tremendous upside from, you know, these L2 scaling chains like Arbitrum that just keep, you know, attracting more and more and more liquidity and users from mainnet, you know, because people, of course, are tired of very high mainnet gas fees on, on all their transactions. And so we're, yeah, we really hope that um, just by continuing to have sort of a very simple core product and also trying to do some things to make it easier for people to bridge to Arbitrum so that they don't need to deal with bridging themselves. And we're, we're building some infrastructure into our platform for that, that, you know, we can at least kind of let people get that initial exposure to the ecosystem in a very risk managed way. You know, we already talked about how we use Tracer to help us with that. Um, and then just, you know, enjoy the upside from the, the passive income to, you know, people who stake umami into our marinade product. So, I mean, yeah, we're very excited about that. And, you know, I think the hope is, you know, sort of to your point, right? Like, their project like Tracer has just so many incredible innovations that really deserve to attract a lot of TVL because they can they can actually improve a lot of people's lives, right? I mean, I, I think if you're just buying, um, you know, a grab bag of tokens on a centralized exchange, which is how so many people, you know, who are beginning to get into crypto do it, you know, there's no hedging exposure there for you. You're actually, you know, eating a lot of risk. Right. And, and tracers solved for that. Um, and again, you know, in my view, I think that, you know, there is, you know, a very clear value proposition, very user friendly um, interface on tracers so that people can um, just incorporate it directly into their yeah. um, portfolio. But, you know, even if they're not quite ready for that, um, at least Umami's doing it for them. Right. And that still directs, you know, more more liquidity to tracer. Yeah, and what I love about the composability of the ecosystem is we can do vaults that basically replicate replicate certain strategies. And so one thing that we are coming out with on the Tracer platform is a ski farming vault where people can essentially allocate capital to a strategy that basis trades the skew and the pools. But like there's an also a version of this where maybe it's between different products and platforms, right? And I know you guys are kind of instrumental and maybe I'll kick it back to you, DeFi. Um, you know, how do you see kind of uh, yield or income opportunities uh, unfolding that are using the different like Tracer Umami kind of partnership? Yeah. No, that's okay. Using the Tracer and Umami partnership. That's interesting because I was actually going to say, I mean, we we are really fans of some of the you know new v2 functionalities that you guys are going to roll out um for ourselves and I, I would you know recommend it also just to you know other retail investors who are sort of building their own portfolio strategies so you know as i think we've mentioned before a big focus for us with our treasury is you know wanting the exposure to the upside of the growth of the arbitrum ecosystem including tracer without um having a lot of underlying risk in our asset holdings. So something like the skew farming vault is fantastic because, you know, as Josh said, I mean, what we're essentially doing then is providing liquidity as needed to different sides of pools 
um, you know, to make sure that those pools stay in balance and sort of getting, um, you know, a sort of relatively higher returns um, by, by doing that, right? Um, but since we're kind of playing both sides of the pools over time, we're not taking a very large leveraged directional bet one way or the other on, on the market or on any asset. So, I mean, that's an example of something that's very appealing to us. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, in terms of sort of the, the plays between Umami and Tracer, I mean, I think this is something that we get really excited about. Um, you know, I think, Josh, you've been on our, our calls, right? We always think we're going to talk for 30 minutes and we end up always going over an hour just talking and more and more ideas come up about different ways that we can collaborate. But, you know, I, I, I'll say, I'll give a succinct version and then I will let you kind of walk people through V2. Anyone can build their own um, derivative products using tracer pools. And as Josh described, the pools are, are collateralized in, you know, really they could be collateralized by any token, I would imagine you know, all that needs to be done is that that token gets passed back and forth between the long and short side of the pool, um, you know, in accordance with, you know, movements in the underlying asset. Um, and an, any number of assets could be used for that. So, you know, we're very excited about the idea of, you know, expanding utility for the Umami token and for our Umami holders um, by working with Tracer. And, you know, we're going to be generating some new vault strategies that use Tracer pools. We're going to create some new tokenized pools on Tracer that are collateralized with Umami. Ideally, you know, we'll get to the point as we continue to build out our ecosystem where if you're, you know, a marinator and you want to kind of have that long-term staked position in Umami um, to generate, you know, our, our, our yield um, payments in, you know, passive income, payments in ETH, which we pay out every month, you could then, you know, do that, but then borrow some Umami against your staked Umami and then go over to Tracer and use that to, you know, get exposure to any number of assets through Tracer pools that are collateralized in Umami. And I realize that's a lot. There's no way to explain that without, you know, um, sort of re revealing all the, you know, how many different mechanics are involved. But Josh, why don't you sort of walk people through the broader vision of the V2 perpetual pools that you're going to roll out? And I think that'll give people some sense of the scope for possible collaboration with other projects, you know, like Umami, that this really opens up. Yeah, there's two core things on V2 that uh, we are literally weeks away at this point. Uh, code audits, you know, getting getting the code right and making sure it's secure is important. So going through that process. Um, but yeah, two core things that are really exciting is one, the Tracer Factory, and two, uh, it is a solve for what plagues derivatives is called de uh, volatility decay. And so I'll start with the Tracer Factory. The Tracer Factory is this concept similar to how Uniswap had a factory model where you could essentially create markets for any tokens. Tracer is uh, enabling you to create markets for any or uh, any derivative markets. Um, so long that you have a data feed, you can grab our contracts and use any settlement collateral uh, to basically create any new market. And you don't, it doesn't have just be just to be a price feed. It could be any data feed that uh, you know you could take 
the price feed of a company and the carbon emissions of that company and, you know, have a market or, you know, you could go uh, take the price feed of Bitcoin and the price feed of, let's say, gold. And now you can play them off each other, right? The adoption of Bitcoin versus gold. And so you can kind of like see this explosion of, of different interesting use cases and marketplaces. Um, all you need to do is take your data feed and, and have an Oracle wrapper around it uh, that basically takes it an SMA of the uh, price feed and, um, you know, allows you to create indexes in, in different markets. So that's what the factory is. We're really excited about it. The other component of the factory that's really interesting is, you know, it's not just leverage tokens. That's what V1 is, you know, get a product in market make sure it, it works, get some TVL against it, prove it out. But we're also looking at options and perpetual swaps and all sorts of different financial contracts that will uh, be built by developers. And so uh, a developer will be able to grab the contracts, uh, put a front end, put in some collateral on both sides, and now you have your own DeFi application. So we're uh, really excited about that. Um, uh, and with you, what you were saying before uh, is the settlement in any collateral. And so, uh, you know, if you think of a user like in the altcoin uh, run and crash of 2015, 2016, you know, if, if you had a, let's say a bag of, of link or, uh, you know, a different uh, token, utility token, uh, as soon as Bitcoin started running, everyone was kind of selling their tokens to like, oh, crap, you know, the price against Bitcoin is going down. You know, what we're really excited about is Umami holders will be able to trade any of these markets, whether to hedge exposure, to go long that market, uh, and it's settled back in the Umami token. Uh, so it just adds like so much utility for Umami, uh, and it's really exciting. And then the last part is on volatility decay. Um, you know, we want to make sure that these positions, you could hold them in perpetuity. So let's say you're on Imam and you want to get exposure to CryptoPunks or you own NFTs and you want to hedge that exposure, you know, the ability to hold that position for months or years at a time, we think is really important for the same reasons we just discussed before is like, hey, I want to express a view that I'm managing risk, but again, don't want to manage the margin and manage the kind of um, position itself. So uh, we're really excited that volatility decay will be mostly eliminated uh, from that. Yeah, that's something that we're very, very excited about um, for all the reasons we said. I mean, we already are able to rest a lot easier with, you know, the 3S ETH short position we hold. But, um, you know, for example, you know, I was having a conversation with our treasury manager, uh, Carnation, today saying, well, now that ETH is down and we are up considerably on that position, you know, we might want to exit and re-enter um, that tracer pool um, because of its V1, and you, know, you don't want to be in it too long uh, before the volatility decay um, catches up. Um, and that's not actually a huge you know, problem at all for us in terms of functionality, but just to be able to, to plug in you know, an optimal amount of capital into 3S, you know, 3, 3X levered short position like that so that we hedge out you know, pretty much all of the market exposure that we want to hedge out, and then not have to really worry about it again, you know, and enjoy the incentive rewards and any any upside, any other upside we get um, and not need to roll in and out of the position is going to be really, really cool. And there's nothing like that available in DeFi right now. Um, but, yeah, there will be soon. Um, so we're really psyched for that. 
Coda, um, I know that you know you you have a lot of good you know, technical background and insight into um, the the V two pools. Is there anything that you wanted to to flag about V two and what makes it unique? Yeah, look, Josh touched on many of the biggest points, which is the Tracer Factory, which will be a contract that allows anyone to launch their own market um, on the Tracer V two per pools. But also, we have data indices coming in, reduced fold decay. And uh, vaults that are going to be coming into farm the skew. Uh, skew farming is something that affects um, perpetual pools in a minimal way, but uh, it can become like capital efficient to skew farm. So we're looking at providing principal protected vaults that focus on uh, increasing your underlying position through farming that skew on the trace of perpetual pools. That's another little feature that we're slipping in before V2, hopefully. Awesome. Now that is really cool. And Toki, um, you know, he's uh, our senior dev. Was there anything just sort of about, you know, I know you've been excited about this collaboration and sort of thinking about different things that, that we can build together. Was there anything that you wanted to add on the dev side um, with respect to the Umami Tracer partnership that you're psyched about? Um, yeah, I would say like I'm most psyched about um, the fact that we can, that, we'll, that potentially people who use Umami in a tracer pool, will be able to also stake their marinated, will also be able to use their marinated umami and claim dividends while also being used in tracer pools. So, like, this is just like, I think that like, that's amazing in that, that you can be exposed to one, it's, it's just DeFi all over, where like you can be exposed to like um, the umami marinade pool while also um, participating in the tracer ecosystem, which is, um, yeah, I mean, you're earning dividends while also. We're also participating in the new tracer pools, which I, I think is going to be really cool. So this is why I love uh, working with you, Toki. It's like you know we we think that we have extracted, you know, or generated as much value as possible from a really cool partnership like this, and then you know Toki um, on you know with his dev background is able to say, well, actually, look, we can if we tweak the smart contract, we can also you know we can let people you know, simultaneously be in a pool and collect marinate dividends and, you know, more and more stuff just keeps opening up. So yeah, no, that's, that's really exciting. Um, and Josh, um, you know, I know that we don't want to drop too much alpha because there is, you know, another party involved in, you know, one of the partnerships that we're really excited about or one of the you know particular products from our partnership that we're excited about. But I think we can at least tease it a little bit. And we've we even alluded to it in our, our announcement. Um, so, you know, I think on a high level, just to flag for people, and I, I think this is pretty major alpha, actually, um, we are going to use the tracer, um, pool tokens, including probably at least one new pool token once V2 launches that will be Umami collateralized as part of a new vault strategy that Umami is building. And what this strategy is going to do is it's going to use um, some products, and I won't get too into the details on this side of it, but some GMX products to get, you know, broad-based long market exposure, although not, you know, relatively low um, delta, you know, not a lot of market risk, but broad-based, um, you know, diversified market exposure through GMX and substantial yield from those products offset that market exposure with the tracer short 
pool products, which of course right now Tracer incentivizes with TCR. Um, so there's a lot of you know additional yield on that side. Put that into a vault, and if you have the right ratio of long exposure, high yielding, GMX side of it, short exposure, high yielding, through the Tracer side of it, you can enter something so market neutral via a vault where people can deposit seedlings and take out you know that collateral, you know very basically you can have no risk very low risk of um, the underlying collateral this value of a market neutral position overall and you know we take those stables in we can use the new tracer pool tokens and support tracer um, also use them to support gmx and have um, we believe based on our calculations one of the highest yielding um stable vaults at least in terms of sort of you know really valuable um you know reward tokens like ETH, gmx tracer um you know very high apr and we think that this could be just you know a major boon for retail investors a really great you know place to deposit stables that beats most if not all major stable vault strategies that you know people would normally look at um, and, you know, also support, you know, both GMX and Tracer, which are, you know, two projects we really like on Arbitrum. So I don't know if anyone on the Tracer side wants to add to that, but I did want to drop that out because I think it's going to be big for really the whole ecosystem when that goes live. And it's again, made possible with the cool stuff Tracer's building. Yeah. I, I think really quickly on that, like it, everyone asked me like, what makes you different than GMX or other platforms and derivative products out there? And I don't think it's a zero sum game. I, I know derivatives is a zero sum game, but uh, I think like you can have an ecosystem where you're long on one platform, short on the other. And even that trade has its own basis trade to it. And so you can kind of do these kinds of uh, strategies and, um, they're more capital efficient probably on separate platforms and they're even on their own platform. Uh, so yeah, really stoked about that. And that's just like the composability of, of DeFi and Arbitrum and stuff and, you know, help your local uh, TradFi people to understand the power of these ecosystems. So that's a call to action to everyone. <laughs> totally. Um so anyways, you know, I think we've covered a lot of really cool stuff. Josh, is there anything else that you want to flag or should we open it up to questions from all these great listeners? Let's open up to questions, but also uh, drop Tracer a follow. Um, drop myself a follow if, if you're from the Umami side and Coda. Coda's a big brain. Uh, we got Bob, our community uh all-around community guy so uh if you ever have any question around how to get involved on the community side dm bob um and tracer people please uh give toki and winston as well a follow um so yeah but yeah yeah um in fact i'm looking i am i think after this call here we go i want to just give everyone a chance to follow tracers tracers discord um and you should do the same with Umami, but there's a link, you know, on at TracerDAO right now to their Discord. It's an awesome community, and you should really check that out. Um, and likewise, obviously, join uh, join the Umami community as well. If you have not, why don't why don't we after the call, um, we can tag uh, folks as a comment to this um, this tweet, so people will be able to find different people's handles and 
follow from there. We'll also include a few links to. That is brilliant. Um, yeah, no, Winston always has the best, uh, the best ideas for kind of keeping people looped in on stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll tag all of you guys um, with uh, discords and maybe some other useful, uh, cool info um, after this call. But yeah, in the meantime, um, I see there's already some requests for speakers. So and being intern, I will, um, I, you've been waiting for a while. So let's uh, fire away as soon as you connect. Curious to hear your thoughts. Welcome, uh, Bean intern. Hey, so, yeah. Hey, sorry, I got I got a little bit of delay. Um, so it took me a little bit to jump up. I just there was one thing I wanted to say before the question for like people in the audience as well to keep in mind is a really exciting thing about derivatives is that even if you're not trading futures, it has a massive effect on like market stability because it just increases uh, liquidity, especially when people are doing leverage trades. So. Even if you're not going to be using them, you should still be really excited about platforms like this in terms of just like having more stability in the future, especially with shorts, because um, there tends to be this automatic positive price impact when people can only buy assets, except as soon as you op open up the ability to short, it means that there's a lot more people like, looking out for risk, trading on that risk, and then it can stop assets from like exploding up too much and then, yeah, save you from those sort of massive crashes. Yeah, that's a really good insight. But yeah, I wanted to um, jump up, like really small brain question, but I hedging is something I haven't done a lot of personally, even though I understand the sort of greater effects of it. And I guess like the thing that just doesn't uh, line up for me initially is like what's the benefits of having a hedged position as opposed to just having less capital in a position uh if that makes sense i mean i can speak to that um on the umami side um and it's pretty it's it's pretty straightforward for us which is that look you know we are our our, our function in in the ecosystem the reason that we exist is to provide exposure for investors to the Arbitrum ecosystem, right? And of course, to help support the ecosystem directly by um, deploying our capital to support different projects on Arbitrum. Now, by definition, that means that we are, you know, investing in and supporting um, projects that are our altcoins on an L2. Right. In other words, you know, a more volatile um, overall, that's a more volatile subset of the market than if we were, you know, just holding ETH or stables, um, just because of the nature of how the crypto market works. Now, for us, that's not a reason to, you know, not deploy that capital, you know, aggressively in some cases towards really great projects of enormous potential. But since our goal is to create a retail investor friendly um, you know, product in the end, you know, that you know, by buying the Umami token and staking it, it's important that we hedge out that market risk um, that, you know, causes such volatility with, you know, smaller, newer projects, you know, of the sort you would, might find in some cases on Arbitrum. Um, and that's why we hedge, right? So for us, it's actually necessary. We couldn't just say, well, we're going to have, you know, less in Arbitrum and more in stables because, that's not what we're about, right? Then we would just be a big portfolio of stables and not, not very exciting for people. 
But by being able to offset that, you know, added market exposure through some of the capital deployments we do on Arbitrum, that, you know, with the tracer hedging instruments, we still end up with a very balanced overall level of, ma of market exposure. Um, Josh, I don't know if you wanted to add. Yeah, I mean, on the retail side, I think in DeFi, there's so much you can do with your collateral to earn yield that you just don't want to leave those vaults or those LP positions or uh, holding certain tokens. And so uh, putting on a hedge it versus, you know, pulling them out of those strategies, then selling them, like that's two, maybe three transactions right there. I mean, it's just easier to potentially in two button clicks, um, hedge out your exposure on a platform mm -hmm. like Tracer. So I think for retail, there's like a clear advantage just because you have so much stuff locked in strategies. But Coda, I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hedging isn't just confined to trading either. It's, it can be confined to actions you take in everyday life. I mean, at the moment, we're experiencing a lot of global unsurety and volatility. Uh, we're unsure about the future of fuel prices and whether they'll increase. And that's not only going to affect uh, transport in vehicles, it's also going to affect transport in planes. And one thing we need to remember is that Tracer is a product that anyone can access. Mm -hmm. So a future vision that we uh, we see is when Uber drivers will be able to hedge their risk against the increase of fuel using a fuel price index that Tracer offers, or pilots will be able to increase their, I mean, decrease their risk and hedge their risk against the increase in jet A1 fuel or the lack of customers coming onto their aircraft because of a global pandemic or things like that. Um, hedging your life is something that we like to um, throw around in the Tracer mm -hmm. Discord quite often. I'm really glad you mentioned that, Coda, because I, I do think it's important, and I don't know if you wanted to add to it, Josh, that Tracer's applicability is really so broad that it, it, you know, it would be a mistake to kind of narrow it to just financial hedging and that, you know, especially when V2 launches and anyone with any amount of capital can create a new pool, you know, as Coda said, you know, hedge your life. So, you know, this is an example of, you know, the expansiveness of, of DeFi, you know, and its applicability to everyone. Yeah, you kind of got, sorry, Winston, go ahead. I was going to say, Josh, uh, I think we just came up with some merch ideas for your community. I'd like to reserve a Hedge your wife, hoodie. Please, <laughs> so large. Did you say hedge your life or hedge your wife? <laughs> hedge your life. You I can do both. I, right? may have gone, I may have gone to speech therapy in kindergarten. I appreciate you bringing it up. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just talking no. with you. I'm just with you. <laughs> An actual hedge in a pot plant that you look after and it's shaved into hedge. <laughs> hedge your life. <laughs> No, I think you're you're right. Is like, uh, you know, our product is not confined within a platform, and we're really infrastructure. Uh, and so, yeah, as long as you have a data feed for that, and ideally, you have to have a trusted data feed, or you know, we've seen in DeFi that those things can be compromised. But I'm sure someone on the Oracle side will figure out solutions around that. Uh, but yeah, a trusted data feed, and boom, any market is possible. And so that's. It's kind of like your own personal leverage ETF, which is really cool. Yeah, that was the other question I actually had. I'm sorry, I don't want to take up way too much airtime, but um, I, I'm really interested in on-chain commodities, and I know that an issue will be like how do you, locking up on-chain, like locking up assets on-chain, is really capital inefficient. But yeah, I'm super bullish on the idea of being able to like easily hedge your crypto with like commodity positions and yeah i was just wondering what 
you guys think in terms of is that something that like you see being like built out in the future because yeah it seems like really underserviced at the moment yeah look from a technical perspective traces products can be launched uh, with anything with a price feed if it's got a data feed our goal is to be able to launch a product for that um, it might take some time to achieve that um, in the broader commodities market, but it's, uh, it's certainly a goal and certainly something that's on our radar. That's yeah, and the, I think one of the key challenges there is like the traditional markets data providers are just not set up to deal with crypto oracles. And like I've talked to them and they're like, yeah, we know this crypto thing's exciting. We want to participate, but like who do we license our data to? You know, what ent- we can't license it to a smart contract so it's just like it's a real challenge to get that data um you know for you know nymex crude and then pump that into the DeFi ecosystem so you know it's something that we're definitely focused on and like maybe on this point like the main service provider behind tracer is mycelium and they were the first price oracle on Chainlink. and so the group behind tracer actually has this really og kind of experience building out the price oracles within DeFi, and so we're just kind of like really excited to help data providers and help the broader you know financial markets ecosystem understand you know what a price oracle is how the smart contracts interact with that what is possible with composability and derivatives and you know we're you know just excited to be involved there Yeah, that's that's hectic. I love that. Awesome. Um, awesome. Beanie, did you have any uh Beanie, did you have any other questions or should we see if anyone else uh, No, yeah, bring it bring anyone else up. I'm good. Thanks so much awesome. guys as well. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about questions. Umami. But um yeah, Trace is super interesting. I'm like involved with this trying to do the CPI peg stable at the moment. So um yeah, I'm really interested in derivatives and sort of stable stable yields. So I'm sure we'll probably be in touch with you guys as well. Um, actually, Beanie, uh, Beanie Inter- can you DM me at uh, it's at Intrinsic DeFi is my personal Twitter. I it, CPI um, peg stable just sounds interesting to me, so I'd love to what's, just check. What, that what's your personal one, sorry? Uh, at Intrinsic DeFi is mine. Yeah, I will. I found you. Awesome. You're nice. I'll I'll tag you on that. Actually, the funny thing about the CPI stables, I think we actually published a white paper. Uh, if you go to tracer.finance dash or click our learn section, we have a white paper on a uh, basically a GDP bed yeah. stable coin. Yeah, I saw that actually. I yeah, I saw an article about it, but then it was the article was locked behind a paywall. So yeah, I would be keen to actually read the read the white paper. I'll have to check. Oh, is that, that uh, the Delphi Digital? Uh, yeah, tweet thread. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, great. Well, so this is yeah. Thank, thanks, Lappy Intern, and, and really great questions today. Who else? Uh, anybody else want to chime in or ask anything of um, our our tracer guests while we've got them? While we do that, like drop some heart reactions in the in the audience here. Uh, this has been like a super fun spaces, and you know. Just want to get those good vibes. I, I like to say rally snaps. You know, let's get some rally snaps going here. So, yeah. Well, everyone just goes quiet and is throwing so There's a lot of clapping and hearts. There's a lot of love. It's you can crazy. also see who hasn't upgraded their Twitter yet <laughs> and who has the old reactions. But, yeah. 
That's true. I think I'm on that list. I missed the 100 react. I want it back. Yeah, big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the hundred still. All right, I know though there's some more questions because there's so much cool stuff going on at Tracer, and it is such a treat to have these uh, these guys on. So um, definitely, and you know, obviously you can answer questions about Umami too. But you know, we have a few more minutes on this, um, so just going to leave it open. I see. So in our Discord AMA questions in chat, I see some folks are typing some questions, um, but we can also, of course, take them right here on Spaces, too. Here we go. And check the uh, AMA section yeah. of yours real quick. Yeah, I saw some folks were typing, but Flame, you just uh, joined us, so what is... Hey, guys, up? how are you? Good chat. Sorry for the squawking birds in the background. <laughs> um, my question is, what's going on with TracerDAO and Olympus? Interesting. I will pass that to Josh and Coda. <laughs> uh, no, no specific comment, but we do have a blog post uh, there. But we'll save that for uh, another spaces. Oh, this is still top secret. Uh, no, this is the uh, the umami. I guess uh, the umami Arbitrum chat. You know. Mm. Oh, I, I'm tempted to make a bad joke, Josh. Why, why, why didn't you know, just a couple months ago you guys create a 3s ohm token, right? I, I that would have been you know a very nice hedge um, before you know a lot of the ohm forks and, and ohm you know took a dive. But that yeah. is some max pain for uh, yeah, that's some max <laughs> pain. But yeah, no, I mean we definitely want project. to. Yeah, they're great. Olympus is an incredible project and sparked a lot of innovation, and we're just thrilled to be part of that community. But um, yeah, yeah, and and we 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 talk to those guys as well. I mean, they're part of the Arbitrum ecosystem already, and yep. you know, love to see more of them around. I mean, we we really invite that. Um, you know, and there's word on the street that some other really cool um, forks that have taken that model in innovative directions are also going to be doing more on Arbitrum soon. So. You know, I think it's all just very bullish for the ecosystem. Yeah, just to keep it fair and balanced. So when when's Umami and Olympus going to do a collab? Yeah, just keep, uh, stay tuned. I'm just going to kind of say what um, Josh said. I, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a reasonable assumption that there's, you know, some dialogue going on there as well. No, that's awesome. And I'm just, I'm also just messing with you a little bit i really appreciate everything you guys have been talking about today it's fascinating for me i'm trying to get up to speed on it as quickly as i can and i um don't know about other people in the audience but just getting to hear people talk about the offerings that both teams are putting out it's super super helpful for me mm -hmm. um, it makes it more accessible um, it makes it feel more um inviting you know to explore these protocols so i really appreciate you guys taking the time to have these conversations today yeah likewise thanks for chiming in um always always enjoy hearing from you so yeah anybody else uh want to throw some questions at us we have a couple more minutes before we wrap up for today i think one of the last things i'll, I'll chime in on uh if anyone wants to contribute to either project please like hop in the discord i know uh for us uh we have a contribute uh, spot you can react to it uh, we're also putting up all our projects on dwork so you'll be able to 
search them through DWORK. Um, but there's so much stuff that, you know, we're building this as uh, we have a core team, of course, but I think it really takes a community and an ecosystem to create strategies, to create technology, to create partnerships, to do marketing, et cetera. So um, Umami, how do, how do people usually contribute uh, to your project? I mean, you know, for us, um, we, we've always had just a really awesome community with really diverse skill sets. And as you mentioned in the beginning, um, waifu art has been a strong point um, for our contributors. Um, there's been just a lot of just general meme creativity um, and, you know, cool Twitter posts. But, you know, in terms of, I mean, the, I think that what we've seen a lot is that pretty much our entire core team and part-time team um, came up through the community. Um, and I think what happens in many cases is we just have really great people with great ideas in our discord. They vibe with the team. We start, you know, talking more and, you know, starting to work together on certain things or throw ideas around and it becomes, you know, a more permanent, um, relationship and, you know, more direct, uh, participation in the team. So it's kind of a very fluid thing, but that's pretty much, we're all homegrown, you know, Z2O or early Umami OGs, um, on on the core team for the most part um, what about what about you josh i mean i know you guys have a really cool system in place for sort of actively presenting some you know opportunities to work on projects to your community members that people are able to kind of jump on yeah we're just adopted d work and by all means please dm me too uh if you want to collaborate in any way my dms are open and or if you just want to find out how something works um how they do it i also post my trades in the trading chat, I think I started the year with like three grand in my tracer kind of wallet, and I got it up to eleven grand just by putting on uh, different hedges while the market was uh, rolling over. So uh, have a little bit of a trading background in that sense, but some of it is just you know taking advantage of inefficiencies and you know kind of uh, running with it. So. And hey, you have a great DeFi project. One thing I'll say this, if you're doing due diligence on any DeFi project, if you can make money with the protocol, you know it's a good project. Mm -hmm. So that is like basic 101. Can I make money with this protocol? Um, and so these are two that that likely you can. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, this this will sound like a plug, but it's actually really not. I, I think that it's just objectively true that both, you know, Tracer and Umami um you know as is the case with a lot of you know arbitrum and l2 projects i mean you know i, I don't want to sound sort of too too much like i'm giving investing advice but it, it is i do marvel at you know the market capitalization for you know both of these projects um you know given given the kind of upside potential i mean you know you kind of heard with tracer the the scope of you know, the applications for the products they're rolling out and, you know, they're really shipping and they're going to have this V2 that lets anyone anywhere create, um, you know, new pools that are, you know, derivatives of, of anything, right? Um, so I do feel like, you know, the people who are listening to calls like this are really ahead of the curve in terms of getting in early um, on some really exciting uh, projects on, on a network that's just starting to take off. And, you know, with Umami, um, I mean, we're still, you know, our, our, the treasury value per Umami token is $18, $19 and we're trading at seven and a half dollars. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, we're just very interested in, you know, shipping on the, on the cool things that we're building. And, and 
we actually kind of like um, that for, you know, new investors, the fact that we're below net asset value is just a great opportunity, you know, for people who are getting in early to enjoy, you know, much higher yields from from marinating than they people will probably ever be able to get again. But, you know, it is just it's just interesting to see sort of how the market is, you know, particularly with crypto and, you know, things that are fast moving and new, um, you know, the market is not always rational in its pricing of, you know, projects like uh, Tracer Umami. So, you know, kudos to those who are listening and, and, you know, already kind of seeing the value before, before we start seeing that truly get priced in, at least in my non-investment advice, personal opinion. Yeah, your uh, DeFi or connections getting rugged a little bit for me, but uh, I think what you're just kind of alluding to is the network effects within Arbitrum and all the different projects. And um, to me, Arbitrum feels like the early days of using Ethereum. You know, it's it's quick to That's use. It. it has one dollar transaction fees um, in like two button clicks. I'm putting on positions. I'm taking them off. And so, um, yeah, go to DeFi Llama too and Go to Arbitrum, check out all the projects because there is a bunch of really interesting uh, parts of innovation. Uh, and I mean, man, what, what is it? 2.7 billion TVL in Arbitrum right now? Like, you know, imagine you're part of an ecosystem where the TVL in the ecosystem 10Xs, right? It's not unreasonable yeah. to see 30 billion on Arbitrum, especially now that FTX and Binance have enabled Arbitrum withdrawals. Like, Man, there's some really friggin' awesome stuff coming to Arbitrum. Totally. Uh, to me, they feel like a winner, and uh, yeah, I'm just super bullish. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, oh, same, what? fully agree. One thing I'll speak to is the inclusivity of the ecosystem as well. I mean, when you mommy launched and I came over into your Discord, I mean, I was just welcomed with open arms, and I hope that was reciprocated vice versa. And I've really seen how your mommy takes care of their members and their investors and how they were able to transition from the OM period to where they are now. Uh, I think that's really special and that uh, the Arbitrum ecosystem as a whole um, likes to take care of uh, their respect for their members and their investors as well. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, really nice to hear that feedback, um, you know, from, from you, Coda. And I, I do, you know, we do try really hard to make sure everyone in the community has that experience. And, you know, I think we've, also, on our end, you know, I've, I've held Tracer, so I've been part of the Tracer community, and we've worked with them, and, you know, very similar, just sort of openness and warmth, and very much like a, you know, how, so, you know, how can we collaborate? Like, what cool stuff can we do together kind of attitude, which is just, you know, really awesome, and, you know, one of the treats of being on kind of a small, you know, but, but growing network like Arbitrum. So yeah, I mean, I think with that, guys, um, should we should we call it? I think we're over an hour, but this has just been an awesome chat, and and really really loved um, hearing everything everyone had to say. And you know, I hope that you guys, um, you know, do if you if you haven't been you know part of the Tracer community already, please just check out the Discord, get involved. Um, likewise, you know, if you're new to Umami, you should do the same. And you know, we'd love to to chat with you too. Um, I think Winston Wolf is going to send out. Um, you know, a tweet and just kind of tag um, all of you, uh, all of you fine people who've been on this um, with some of that info, um, just to give people a chance to learn more. But uh, Josh, do you want to add anything? Um, yeah, last, yeah. last thing I, I would just say is contact your policymakers. Um, if you live in, you know, 
different democracies, contact your local uh, you know, representatives and, and let them know that this ecosystem is important and that you believe in it and that uh, you want to see this type of innovation thrive. I think we get caught up in the weeds so much, but we really need to advocate for the products and tools that we use and believe in. And so I would just, you know, that last thought, tweet at your policymakers, tweet at your local government and let them know that uh, crypto is important to uh, your livelihood and your eco and, you know, kind of your future. And, and so we want to make sure, um, you know, that call to action, I think is important. Yeah, no, we, we could not agree more. Um, so yeah, with, with that, let's, uh, let's call it a wrap. Uh, Josh, Coda, everyone else on the Tracer team, thank you so much for joining us. Really awesome chat um, and you know, great questions. Flame, being intern, and just everyone else who participated. Um, thanks so much. This was great. And stay tuned. In uh, two weeks, we're going to have our next episode of Arbitrum Insider with another um, Arbitrum project that you probably know. It's going to be DOPX, um, and it's going to be a really cool chat with them. So let's uh stay in touch but in the meantime do uh show the tracer team some love they're a great great group of folks and great project thanks everyone thanks so much awesome to chat everyone really keen to chat more as well this was really cool i love these types of spaces